Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is the actor Mark Stanley, who is the star of not one but two films that are out now, slash coming out now. Sulphur and White is a a harrowing, uh, challenging, in the best way possible, um, new British film. Sulphur and White is all about the true story of David Tate, who is a very successful city trader. But part of the reason he's so successful is because of uh, a childhood incident. I'll probably leave that there. It's a remarkable film. I watched it before chatting with Mark. If you've seen the new issue of Balance... With Rosamund Pike, one thing, that interview is also online, balance.media, but one thing Rosamund talks about is the importance of being challenged. We all love watching a film where there, you know, Mark and I talk about this in the chat, you know, we all love the films where you can switch your brain off and there's a car chase for two and a half hours. Hold my hands up. I love those films. But at the same time, it is also good to watch a film. I mean, you know, you might disagree. It's just... <laughs> It's just my wittering opinion. Uh, but, I, you know, I do think it is good to watch a film that, that is that is challenging. And uh, Sulphur and White is certainly that. It's out now. Mark Stanley is fantastic in it. I know he's very much the uh, one of the current kings of British indie cinema. He, he would squirm at that, but but he, he absolutely is. Um, but I, you do feel that if he, if he fancied it, Hollywood would be knocking on his door. I think he, he, he can do the lot. He's a... Uh, a, a real talent. You oh, you'll have also seen him in wa- 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 <laughs> White House Farm. We had Freddie Fox on the podcast recently, as you will know, and uh, Mark was similarly incredible in that. He's also in a new film called Run, which is set in Scotland, and he's all about finding escapism in late night drag racing. Uh, once again, Mark Stanley is front and centre of that. So he, you know he's. Uh, He's one of the hottest names in uh, in acting right now. Again, he would wince that I've just said that. Uh, we also talk about one of the shows in which he got his uh, one of his first big breaks, Game of Thrones. So there's lots to talk about. Also, and I will have, I will hold my hands up and plead guilty on this one because Mark is from Leeds and still has a Leeds accent. My accent gets more northern in this interview, <laughs> and I, I could feel it within the first five minutes. <laughs> I think I no, I feel it in the first five minutes, and I even say I can feel myself getting more northern. She always makes me feel like the world's biggest phony. Do you ever do that? I was one of those people that when I went to Australia as a younger man, I could feel my voice changing like that. You know, it's like it's like the it's. Oh God, I want to travel back in time and give twenty-one-year-old me a slap. Um, that's not a very balanced thing to say, is it? The only person who's coming out badly of that is 21-year-old me. Anyway, Mark Stanley, incredibly likeable. Um, and Sulphur and White is out now. Uh, and if you enjoy challenging British independent cinema, then uh, you'll get a lot out of Sulphur and White. It's a great cast as well. As well as Mark, there is also uh, Anna Friel is wonderful as his mum. Oh, and Dougray Scott is almost unrecognisable. As his dad, Donald. Oh, the wonderful Emily Beecham, of course, is in it as well. And Alistair Petrie. 
Incredible cast. Anyway, that's out now. And uh, here he is. The uh, the incomparable, the utterly likeable. We also chat a bit about James Bond because you could see it. Ba-da, ba-da. You can crack your own Yorkshire-themed James Bond gags. Fill your boots. Uh, anyway, I'll see you on the other side. Here he is, the great Mark Stanley. There we go. I have to double up. I always shit myself. That's so why I use this as a backup. Yeah, it, yeah. I just... <laughs> you don't get a thick head of hair like mine without worrying about <laughs> literally everything. You know. I don't know. I feel gorgeous. <laughs> I've not felt gorgeous since about uh, 1997. Um, <laughs> Left it in a club in Manchester. Mate. <laughs> Birmingham, but if, if we're picking a specific club, but yeah, you, you, you're not far off actually. Um, so, Mark, I mean, I, I wanted to start about the new film, but uh, one thing we have in common is, is West Yorkshire. Yeah, am I right? Yes. So, where were you born? Leeds. Me too. Were you? Yeah. Which, which hospital? St James's, Jimmy's. I think I was LGI. Were you? Are you an LGI kid? <laughs> <laughs> the tension already. <laughs> um, but that's great. Do you know what? I wasn't intending to start like this. I'm so glad that you are from Leeds because I often, I get this, I mean, this is so niche just for people from Leeds. Yeah. But I look at other cities and there's so many amazing people from other cities. And I, I <laughs> talk about overthinking. And with Leeds, for such a huge city that has achieved so much, sometimes I think culturally we, 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 we fall short compared to the others. Do you know what I mean? I think like Liverpool with the Beatles. There's no river. And we've got fucking Chumbawamba and the Utah Saints. Yeah, yeah. You know. I know we had the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, they did all right. They did all right. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the waters. Go on. Uh, well, people argue about the Mersey, don't they? And that you need a decent river flowing through a city to invoke musical talent. Oh, hello. That's what Mate. I've heard. That's what I've heard. I'm going I'm, I'm to take this bit out of the podcast and use that as my own opinion. <laughs> Apparently they say it's in the waters, but we've just got a couple of dingy canals, haven't we? So we got that. the River Air, but because it's. Not a great river. No, it's not a great river. So you need that to stir the Apparently, soul of poetry. That's then. the only reason why the Beatles were good. <laughs> it's because of the oh, Mersey was flowing. Next love time. it. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's not for me. I. It hasn't got any of them hot spots where you go. Oh, Oasis were here. Stone Roses were here. That's that's you exactly know? what I'm talking about. Yeah. Who, who we? Who am I talking about? Sort of. Yeah. Were Sisters of Mercy from Leeds? Sisters of Mercy, Mel B. She's from Leeds. Mel B's probably you know? the. She's probably flying the flag, actually. She probably is. It's not Michael Kane. Is he from South Yorkshire? Oh, no. Ian McKellen, he's Bolton, isn't he? So we're miles out. I know. So I don't know, yeah. So no pressure. Yeah, no pressure, yeah. No pressure. That kid, that lad from Leeds, he's doing all right, isn't he? He's doing all right. The one with the big ears and the red face. Just, I'm just asking you to carry the hopes and dreams of an entire city. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Do, are you still there now? Have you moved out then? No, I've been. I moved out when I was just turned eighteen. So, are you down here now? Yeah, been here thirteen years. Um, ah. My missus down here. She's from Grimsby. We've been together twelve years. So uh, it's strange. I think. I think we still bring that sort of northern. You marry them and you stay with them, yeah. <laughs> you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, we call this place home now. I love this city. You know, there's a lot to it, and every time, especially doing what we do, you get the chance. I think if I was uh, working in a supermarket, I wouldn't really get these doors that unlock, and then all of a sudden you're introduced to, you know, you can be dealing with really high end society, and you're going, Gee, wow, you know, this is fucking interesting. Sure. Um, and so this job opens that up. Even though, you know, people don't quite realise that I'm still just a chimney sweep from Leeds. <laughs> Have you, because uh, I know I've, I know I've not, I've been down there nearly 20 years, so I know, I, I'm, I can admit that I've lost nearly all my accent. My accent's probably gone a bit stronger because I'm talking to you, which my wife flags that I do. When I'm back in Leeds, I'm yeah, back to, oh, oh, Mr. Heriot. And then, <laughs> and then when I'm down in London, you know. Yeah. Um, but have you, have you kept yours then? Well, I don't know. I think when I, went, when I went to drama school, you're surrounded by people who are famous people's children and they're all talking really quiet BBC English. Yeah. And you think, oh, God, I've got to, got to try and be like them. There's no way that I'm going to make it. You know, they are, obviously, you know, dealing with famous actors' kids and they, they, they surely have got a shoe in. They know what they're doing. Uh, whereas for me, I was thinking you're playing catch-up, so... My neutralised loads, and I actually spent three months at drama school 
speaking in RP yeah. every day, all day, mm-hmm. because I wanted to master it and I thought that's going to be the way to do it. But actually, I don't, I think I've done one film and a series in my accent and everything else has moved outside of it. So it's nice for me. I feel like it's not held me down at all and people don't go, right, the only thing that you can be in is shameless or coronation straight. You know, people sure. have said, Oh well, he can if he he can he can move around a little bit, and that so it's opened up variation of work rather than being pigeonholed. And your timing's probably right, isn't it? Because I think if this was the seventies or maybe even eighties, maybe even nineties, you you might have to do RP. But now yeah. I think regional accents are embraced more, aren't they? Yeah, they are a little. Yeah, they are more. They are more. I do look back. Do you know though? I don't know whether I agree. Like you look back at sort of Sean Bean, and who was his competition really? You know? Yeah. He had uh, Robert Lindsay at school with him. I think he was Northern at the time. and But I think, you know... Lindsay's word... accent is quite a soft accent, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think, but he's from South Yorkshire, is he? From right, okay. South Yorkshire. But I think, you know... Oh, well, God. So go on, so you're saying Bean was doing the... So Bean had almost made that his USP? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, he, he only he usually works as Sean Bean's voice. It's Absolutely. so identifiable, isn't it? And I think if you were at RADA in the 1970s and everybody else was really quite doing quite well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, now you, you're coming up against people from all sorts because there's this, there's this, people are saying, you know, there's no reason why you can't go to drama school even though people use the, you know, the the funding and all of that as an excuse. Of you course. Know, you can't get, but I, I don't, I'm not sure. I went to drama school with all sorts of people. You yeah. Know? Some of them were well-to-do, some of them not. Um, and so I bump into people. To be honest with you though, when it comes to doing... Film and TV, I don't come across many people from Leeds at all. No. I think Gemma Whelan. Uh, she's a friend of mine from the comedy circuit, Gemma. Yeah. Fantastic. She's great, man. Love she's her. She's so piece. good. But I think she's from Lawnswood or somewhere yeah. like that, nearabouts there. Sure. Heading the way. Do you know, I was going to say, do you not know find it fascinating when you meet someone from... By the way, to our listeners, I apologise if you're not from Leeds because I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we've got very No, no, no. I mean, it. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the first time ever in all in 80-odd episodes, so I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy. But it, it's, it is funny that Harrogate uh, and those surrounding areas speak like the home counties. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a different country, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people embed themselves in the colloquialism, don't they? Especially in, you know, Yorkshire men are proud, aren't they? Abs- absolutely. And quite rightly so. Absolutely. Um, did you? Was there any sort of uh, like Billy Elliot esque resistance about going to? I was drama called school? Billy Elliot for like ten years. Honestly, the dancing boy who went to London because I, I, you know, growing up we used to get into all sorts of trouble. We were fantastic at thieving. <laughs> we were brilliant, and we'd have the punch up on the weekend, and we'd be in the local pub on the estate, and we'd do all of that. And then out of the blue, you know, Mark's going to drama school. What? Yeah, yeah, he has to dance around in tights three days a week and um, he's learning to use his body. There's sure. no understanding with it, you know. Yeah. And so you'd go back. The visits back became more and more sparse because people, I started, people just didn't quite understand what I was doing. Um, the dancing boy from Leeds, Billy Elliott, yeah, I got called it for about 10 years returning back to the pub in Leeds, yeah. Um, well, I'm sure when you go back to that pub now, they must be incredibly proud of you, though. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's 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 lovely, you know. My mum and dad, they can walk up and down the street, and because things that I've been involved in have made it into, you know, popular television. So like things like White House Farm that people watch. Yeah, um, it's nice for them. They get a pat on the back. I mean, they're coming down today. It's the first time that they're going to see a red carpet ceremony and all of that kind of stuff. So it's nice for them. You know, they get. It's 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 really nice to think that you know they can be proud. Absolutely. Um... Now, this, the, the, all these questions are just wall-to-wall compliments, but how beautiful is that? If you think of the the percentage of people who who, are, who get to be in movies is is going to be tiny, but the people who are top billing in in not just movies but you know superb movies, I mean that you must pinch yourself. That must be such a, a beautiful thing. It is, yeah. It's t- it's like um, there was a great year two years ago where I came off a film called Run. And yeah, then went in sulfur and white, and you're moving from. I chased down run. It was the first time that I could possibly lead a feature film. Um, I'd work. I'd done a film called Dark River with Ruth Wilson a year before, yeah. and I had a real lust. It grew a lust for improvisation. Clio Barnard just allowed us to. She just gave us free reign a lot of the time. When you get a writer director, they do, 
And so um, coming off that and working with an actress like Ruth, finding finding that actually the more significant and the more responsibility I'm given, the more I feel like, um, you know, I thrive. My imagination kicks in more. Um, wow, I become great. more daring and I enjoyed it. So then Run came along and there was an opportunity to lead a film which would require... Uh, a lot of shape shifting in a way, totally moving in the psychology of the character. It's very different from me, and then also the the juggling of the technical issues like accent and things like that. Um, and so it, I love doing that. I love doing that. And to come away from you know Ras in nineteen ninety three Honda Civics about until their engines explode to getting in an Aston Martin and driving into multi million pound houses in London. Sure. Yeah, you do pinch yourself. You sit yeah. around and you go, Jesus Christ, who's who's afforded me this opportunity? Um but I think I've just been I've been lucky, I've had good management and you know it's it's come from that, it's stemmed from that. And a bit of grit goes a long way, I think. I agree. Was there um are you are you a, are you a, I interviewed Dan Carter the you know you know, maybe the greatest rugby player ever, and, the, the Kiwi. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, and what was what was I was because he's such a uh, he's such a tough alpha male, and then but what he revealed was that he uh, he was a, he was a goal setter, and he wrote these goals down right with pen and paper, and uh, at the end of each season he would say, he's very candid about it. At the end of each season he, he he'd realise that he'd he would always achieve these goals, and it really. St- I just thought, if, Dan, if it's good enough for Dan Carter, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? where's my ten million pound goal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, write that down. Was, was there any of that with you then? Um, it's it's funny. I always remember Billy Connolly, and uh, I think he's, he asked his his mum asked him when he was young, you know, what do you want to be, Billy? And he said, um, I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be world famous. And it's funny. I don't know do you, if you believe in it or not. Sending it out to the ether, karma. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I've always tried to look after people around me, try to look after my family, try to look after my friends. And maybe some things have come back in return as a bit of a gratitude for that. I don't know. Um, I don't write down goals as such. Who's I reading? Jim Carrey wrote a goal. He wrote his £10 million acting services rendered, didn't he? Put it in his, I think he put it in his dad's coffin when he died. Right. Um, But then four years later, he'd made £10 million, hadn't he? So, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think about things and a bit like you want thing you try and you try and visualize it and then try and execute it I guess you know sure. take a bit of Muhammad Ali with you Absolutely Now um Sulfur and White I mean sweet Jesus what I mean what a movie that is um f- first of all how did that come about Came back like any other really it come through an audition process um I I did a tape for it and then I was invited in met Julian once we read through um, near Grenfell and then uh, the offer came through and I was just about to go up to Scotland to do a run yeah. so it was like you know you realise shit I've got two films coming out I'm going to be the lead in both of them and they're going to hey. be coming out at the same time like, and polar opposite movies as well so it came it came through like that and when I sat down with Julian He'd known that I dealt with an abuse issue in Dark River and we had a bit of a... I think he'd realised that it would take quite a bit of dedication to be getting... to get not only used to the numbers of the financial sector, which for a lot of people would just be mind-boggling. It was for me to begin with. And David was just great at explaining it to me. Um, But then, you know, he'd also know that there'd have to be a serious concentration and you'd have to go to some dark places, which... For me, he's always been interesting, and uh, I try not to shy away from that. You know, you, you've raised. I mean, that's such an interesting point because even if it was purely a movie about city trading, there's lots to cover there. Yeah, but the fact that that is merely one thread of this uh, movie. I mean, it's uh, that must be rewarding from your point of view because there's so much going on with this with this film, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he. It's all. It's inherent with each. With all the strands are inherent with each other, really. Yeah. So you've got, you know, the reason why he be, why he was so good at his job is simply because he was just trying to block out any thinking. I think I've read that David said said to me, honestly, you know, the worst part of my day leaving work. Yes, give me time to think. Yeah, and then I'm back within myself, and I don't have anything to deflect against. So he'd live and breathe and sleep at his office. He'd have fresh shirts in a drop. He'd wake up, unpack a shirt, put it on, straight back to work. And that's why he became such a successful, formidable character within that industry. But 
the reason why he's doing it, it's always why, 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 why. And it comes down to what happened to him as a kid. And um, that's the interesting thing for me. It's the dot to dot. What happens to you, you know, actions and consequences, the the fact that 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 happened to him, how does that manifest into his behaviour? You know, um, it's funny. Some people have said, I found, they watched the film, I found David inaccessible. Um, I, I said that to David. We were on the train back from Manchester yesterday and I said, uh, inaccessible. And he said, well, they've missed the point because that's exactly what it was. I wouldn't want anybody in because the moment that I let anybody in and gave them any moment of trust is the moment that I would feel like I was going to be totally rejected, let down, and I needed to be number one in someone's life. And that was the conflict when his kid was born. You know, he he hates to admit it, but it's the truth of it. And we share, we like to show a truthful light in this, right? What's and all. Absolutely. The fact that you can be jealous of a newborn kid. Yeah. For some people, it's too, a stretch too far. Mm. For him, it's just a reality. Mm. And it comes from... It's it's involuntary thought process, isn't it? It's you, you going, I can't help the way I think about that, but I do. And it all stemmed from them, that horrific, horrific upbringing that he had. There's a scene in the film, and this is just to totally echo what you've just said there about... Uh, about David, but your performance, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a, the, the scene where you meet your dad, uh, oh, yeah. and wow, we, how you, how you pull that off, because it is that inaccessible thing, but yet that rage is, is under the surface, and when he says to you something like, you think you've turned out all right, but you're, you're just, you know, you're mean a better suit. I'm nearly choking as I say this, but you, you, you merely mean a, in a better suit, I mean that, when it's, uh, that's some scene, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, I spoke to David and you wonder whether or not the actions that have been taken against you in terms of the abuse, whether or not that's going to somehow filtrate into your DNA and it's going to be something that you have a, an impulse to do or you're going to have to try and get away from that. I mean, obviously, it's just not true. But he, it does, abuse breeds abuse, doesn't it? And the fact that he brought his dad along Predominantly to show off, yeah, and to say I've made something of myself, regardless of what you did. Clack on the wall and all that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, he was just totally undermined in that moment. Um, it's 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 heartbreaking, and it's it uh, you know it's yeah it's heartbreaking. It's it's strange to think about really because I'm from a family where my 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 family upbringing we never have been millionaires, but we've you know we've loved and cared for each other. Constantly, unconditional love. You know, my mum and dad, um, they'd do anything for the kids. Uh, and so it's, you know, for me, that's very difficult to understand. But having spoken to David, it's, it is, it's heartbreaking to think that as well, that you still need a father who's abused you. Yeah. Uh, and you still need your dad, mm. even though he's put you through the worst time of your life and he's responsible for who you've become and the collateral damage that you're causing. I think this one will be cathartic for a lot of people, and not just obviously what the you know what David went through as a child is horrific, but even the relationship with the with the, the mum and the dad. I, I I really do feel that a lot of people will still be even if they've not gone through what David went through, they will still be able to relate to that uh, that detachment. I, th- I thought that was that was that was done so well, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't matter what spectrum you accept. Absolutely. This as long as it touches people, gets through to people, some people will just relate to it in terms of, like you say, distance from the parents, the fact that they were slightly neglected. Um, it's funny, you know, because it's amazing to learn about the spectrum. We went and visited the NSPCC last week up on uh, Curtin Road uh, to talk to their, introduce their workers, these people who were grafting, answering a phone call from a child every 25 seconds, 365 days a year. But some of these kids, to explain that spectrum and even don't matter how, whether you were abused or you just feel a distance, the thing that broke my heart was the expected thing was kids were ringing up because they were being abused. That was the expected thing and following this film and what we're talking about, that's the subject that we're talking about. But some kids would ring up just to tell someone about their exam results because they've got no one to talk to. So even if it... Even if it trans transcends to people like that, who have just felt a distance and didn't go through something as horrific as what David did, yeah. great. Mm. Let them feel like 
other people have share their voice. You know, it's, that's the message. Again, I don't, I don't spoil anything, but but there are a couple of stats in the film as well. I, I think we can talk about that, can't we? Because yeah, that's yeah. not that's not spoiling the the story. But I mean, uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't know that. It's something like uh, is it t- two out of three? It's something like it, it, it's oh one out, is it one in twenty? One in twenty children experience abuse, and it's something like two out of three don't talk about it. Something don't like that. Don't talk about it. Yeah, it's a high it's a high statistic, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, it's a high statistic. I mean, part of what David's campaign is for this is, you know, what what the, we get asked the question: What do people? What do you want people to take away from this story? The first thing he says is, "I want people to know what abuse is." Some people don't know what it actually is, like at, at what level it becomes abuse, um, and so. Some people, those two out of three or whatever the stat is, I'm sure we're not being accurate, but like, you know, some of those people will just see it as something outside the realms of abuse because it's not at the extreme level. You know, they're not being sexually molested or they're not being... So they'll... they'll Because theirs is, well, there's people with worse problems than me. You know, it's that thing. And you go, he wants people to know the extent, the full spectrum, you know, at what level... You're being manipulated. I mean, one again. You've touched on it already, but by saying warts and all. But the poor, you know, and again, this is testament to you because you know this guy. I mean, he's deeply flawed. He does some terrible things as a as an adult, doesn't he? And I yeah. guess that's that's the whole point of the film, I guess, isn't it? It's it's this rich tapestry that um, it would have been not easy, but you know, in a parallel universe, this movie, David would be a. a, a the, the white knight wouldn't he as an, as an older man whereas in this film he is uh, and, and I've read quite a bit about him he's a deeply flawed guy isn't he absolutely yeah and that's the, that's the point you know um, it's quite difficult it was a difficult negotiation in my mind of I've played real, three real people now yeah David was the most present on the set you know he'd never seen a film being made he was curious um, he spent a huge amount of time making sure that this thing happens and he can get his message out but you have to ask yourself, you know, I know that that guy's there and he's cringing at the monitor because he's watching himself being portrayed in a callous light or uh, leaving, you know, the way that he'd he treated his wife at times. Yeah. His neglect towards his firstborn. Mm. All of that. But even as I'm saying it, mm. I've got a reservation in me that says, should you really be talking about his business? That's the point. We are talking about it. And we're, yeah. we're brave enough to talk about it. And I feel like at the minute, people say, you know, it's a heavy-hitting film. You know, Do you think people are going to watch it? I think we live in a society at the minute where we've got paedophile allegations coming up. We've got sexual abuse scandals coming up. We've got uh, even climate change and things like that. These are problems where people are actually talking about it and dealing with it. And I think we've got the stomach for it at the minute. Get out there and learn about it. Um but yeah, in that respect, I mean, we have to show it in a truthful light, whether it's light or shade. We've got to show it truthfully. And we've got to show the, the full damage that this can cause it. If we sugarcoated it and made it a hero story, it'd just be bollocks. We want it to be, we want to know what the cracks are so that we can talk about them and identify them. Otherwise, there's no point. And it's important, as you know, speaking as a, an audience member, it's important to be challenged as well, isn't it? It's important to... Uh, to, to watch something and feel like you, you you've you've learned something from it, you've you've probably changed a bit from watching it, rather than just watching. I enjoy the franchise movies, yeah, but but rather than just watching two hours of car chases, it is good to watch something like this as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I always feel better when I come out and I have to discuss a film. Yes, um, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I'm not just thinking about where I'm going for my coffee and cake after. Like, I want to know what I've just watched. So. That's why award seasons, I actually, I as much as sometimes it can become a little overwrought with the things that we don't want it to be, trophy holding, films come out which wouldn't be, they're not summer movies. They're, yeah. they're films that, you know, when you get films like Spotlight coming out and things like that where you do come away and you go, fucking hell, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about Boston, mm. about the priesthood. and I didn't know that. Uh, and so... Even do you know what? Even films like Joker, where where it does discuss mental health, discusses mental health, the social issues that are affecting him, and how it fucks people up. Um, 
you know, for me, it's, it's, it's important, you know, it's important. And you get, a lot of the time it does live in independent filmmaking because, uh, I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get a, thir- a $300 million return on an independent film, a British independent film. You're just not, not unless you're very lucky. But that one in a million, one in a million, I mean, full Monty, literally one in. I mean, that's the fact that I can pick one example. Yeah, right, uh, Billy Elliot, maybe, right? Sure, something like yeah. that. But, but I mean, it's, you, you know, you're talking, and it takes you know. years for it to happen. Yeah, um, you know, there has to be a reason why. You know, Picasso painted. He didn't know he was going to make that money, but he painted because he had to. Sure. And sometimes it feels nice that we've still got filmmakers and artists that paint because they have to. Oh, mate, what a quote! You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. May, may I ask? Um, so often, again, as, as the as the audience member, I, I will interview someone, and in my mind, a certain role changed their life. And then when I ask them, they go, "No, it's not actually true." And X, Y, Z happened. Right. So you know, I'm going to say, was Thrones the thing that changed your life, or, or am I way off there? No, it was a learning curve. I mean, it was my first job. Came out of drama school, and um, walked onto these enormous sets. Um, limited responsibility on it just because of the size of the role but that did allow for time to watch people make mistakes do the real thing conquer nerves deal with the film set um, and also deal with the film set on a scale it was nice being introduced to something on that scale because I mean you've never seen a busier set you've got 100 people running around I mean at this time we'd have a skeleton crew because you're in a car or... what's the crew on a film like this then? I mean, it's 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 smaller. It's a lot smaller. You're dealing with locations in streets in London that have been closed, and they have to keep numbers limited. Um, whereas if you're on a built set in the middle of a woodland in Belfast, they have as many people as they want, and they have special effects, the art, design, all of that. It was so impressive. But you realise you're a small cog in a big machine. Um, so I learnt a lot, but it also ended organically at the right time because... Yeah. You know, you stood three back from the person who's leading the storyline. Uh, and there's only so far that your imagina- imagination can stretch when you've got three lines for the day. Whereas with something like this and run, where you put in a position of responsibility, and actually decisions, some decisions are made on the back of your imagination, your opinion. You tune up and you sharpen up and you feel like I'm helping, I'm helping to shape this film. Uh, and so for me... Yeah, it was great. I learned a lot while I was on it. Met some amazing people. Worked with some great directors and actors, but um, uh, it didn't. It it didn't. It... Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, it did shape my life in a way. I mean, you couldn't say that it didn't, but it wasn't... It wasn't um, the most significant point in my life. Is lots of waiting around? Yeah, I mean, it's you shoot, you shoot in four pages a day, three pages a day, two pages if you've got massive special effects. Um, 
battle sequences, that kind of stuff. There's loads of waiting around. This is on the hoof. So what, what are you doing with downtime there? I once interviewed... Uh... Talking shit with each other. Really? <laughs> just talking shit. Yeah. Playing board games with each other and trying to trying to sit down in your cloak and your sword and not poke yourself up the arse with it. You know, it's like... It's... it's it's uh, Yeah, it could be very, very... Not boring, because you just go walking around the set, watch people doing their jobs... You know, um, it's not boring in it to any stretch of the imagination, but it's like. But look, because I, 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 I know there is, a, there is a, you know, in my mind, there's like this hypothetical person. Huh, all right, for you, on a film set all day. But the yeah, reality yeah. is, if you t- if you took that person that that you know that saying that and put them on this set and yeah. the, and they said you've got to stand there for fourteen hours and we we may or may not film something today, then even they at the end of it would go, yeah, all right, that was quite a lot. Of, yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of standing around. Bit right. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Suppose my mind goes to a security guard stood outside a bank for the night, and I think he has to do it. So <laughs> you, and you're getting paid more than him, so chill uh, out. Um, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to ask actually about uh, Sulfur and White. I mean, the, the hope as well is, 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 you know, I mean, I've noticed it even working at Balance. I've noticed it in recent years that you do you do feel that uh, people are more comfortable being open and talking about things. And I guess the hope with with a film like this is that people. It may inspire people to find the courage to phone the NSPCC or talk to talk to the wife, talk to the mates, or whatever it might be. I mean, that's um, that, again, that's that, that's a real gift, isn't it? Yeah, I think you know the one thing for David was that he didn't know or didn't wasn't acquainted with the NSPCC, and since he's become familiar with what they exact what exactly they do, and it's incredible. They work tirelessly, and it's because they want to. It's fantastic what they do. Um, but yeah, it is. It's about it's about telling people what abuse is. It's about learning what kind of collateral damage can come from the behaviour that's manifested from that abuse. In a nutshell, it's uh, it's being able to not take people on face value and say, "Look, there might be a reason for this. There might be a reason for this. Why don't you ask him? Why don't you?" And if it does call people out to use their find their voice and use their voice, great. Because I think. Abuse breeds in silence. The moment that you feel that you can't talk about something, the moment you're shamed into that the corner of the room that you're not to move from, is the moment that you will you won't be able to progress with your life. David's found himself. He's found his his life and his the achievements that he's been able to progress towards haven't just been on a monetary scale. Yes, he's gone ahead. He's climbed Everest five times. Yeah, and whether metaphorically or literally that guy climbs mountains every day in his mind don't get me wrong it's not an easy process the moment that you tell someone you might feel a, a weight but there's there's work to do but if it can help people and encourage them to come forward and find their voice and as David said if there if there is such a genre if this could define it or help it help towards it contribute towards it so from white then job done job done um and if you've, if you can come out and watch it, and you can, you can find an empathy, even if this hasn't happened to you, great job done as well. Sure, is um, is Warehouse Farm is that, is that the project that you get stopped for in the street the most? At the minute, yeah, yeah. At the minute, yeah. It had so many people enjoyed it. Huge, wasn't it? It was like I think, I think I thought it was shot brilliantly. I thought it was cast really well. <laughs> Not. Because I, you know, no, no, there were some great. I, I swear, I, I knew exactly what. It, not any part of me went. Oh, someone's fun. no, no, no. Oh, yeah, I totally fucking guy. No, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was like it was done well and um, tastefully. Uh, the director didn't want it to be gratuitous in any way. And again, you know, playing Colin. Yeah. Um, Do you want one? No, I'm fine, sure. thanks. Um, yeah, he's just offered me a double vodka, but it's only half ten in the morning. Join me. <laughs> Racked up a line here as well. <laughs> I wish you'd do it in a time like that. What um, a podcast that would be. Can you imagine? <laughs> These two are talking very quickly, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, we're going to start a business together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quitted um, Yeah, I mean, it was done well. And working with Colin, you know, it was had such a contribution to that project. And again, you're sort of going, they're working off an account that he wrote he wrote a book which was his version of events uh, work. that was a contribution it came from Caroline Lee's book it was like 
immensely. I mean, the whole project. Paul Whittington will not do a project without doing the most in in depth level of research and study. They call him a method director because he just doesn't leave it alone. He's like. I can't forensic levels almost forensic levels. I never heard that phrase before about a director he's just fantastic. he's fucking brilliant just immerses himself he knows himself. more than anyone else about it and so he's a go to and he's, his skill and craft is un, he's, it's unreal for a British television director he's just fantastic so then working with Colin and knowing what he'd been through I mean losing children uh, can you can you get to grips with it no has he ever I don't, I'm not sure you know it's like um, but you try and teach that you try and recreate that with care and respect and knowing that you know this guy he fell victim but he never classified himself as one. Quite incredible. He's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I've been given this privileged opportunity to play these survivors. People have come through massive adversity and come out having survived it. And they're stronger than I am. I'd have found the edge of the cliff way earlier. Honestly? Yeah, I think so. They're amazing. I think they're amazing to have two children taken away from you at the age of six. I mean, to be drawn into a most controversial police case at the time, to believe the person who killed them, to be on side with him, and then to be devastated by it. For David to go through this abuse, to come out the other side, for us to be sat here now, and through his own tenacity and persistence at trying to get this message out. They're amazing people, man. They're amazing. Because, you know, you. you, you we're talking about some heavy stuff here. So, what what do you do to uh, take the edge off? Apart from when we're doing cocaine and vodka, <laughs> um, I like uh, me and the missus. We know how to chill out. You know, we'll go away for a couple of days somewhere, or if we can afford it. Um, in this case, I mean, I don't know what we do really. We see mates and try and see family and just chill out a bit. Um, they are heavy jobs. I mean, they are short term though as well. You know, like playing a part like this in a nine month franchise would be fucking hard. You're on for six weeks, put the graft in, get it done, and then let it die in your mind and tr- recuperate after it, um, and then sit back, hopefully feeling proud of the work that you've done. But like, I've never had that much of a problem of just compartmentalizing it. Like I've, it's a twenty-four hour job when you're doing it, but then when you've done it, you have a you have a you have about a week of it just sort of slowly drifting away from your being, your ether. Let it go, let it go, let it go. But then it's gone, and you you know you're sat in a bar somewhere and you think, what the fuck was all that about? I mean, that's a gift, isn't it? Because some people, yeah, I, think I mean, there are some quite famous examples of people who they never quite get over a certain role, do they? No, no. Um, Day Lewis is one, isn't he? I mean, apparently he texts him. But then again, he goes to such an extent that it's funny, actually, because times of, everything moves so quick now. I'm sometimes envious of those 1980s actors that went over to the US, Tim Roth, Gary Oldman, Daniel Day-Lewis, who went over and sat, you know, were part of a very small English brew of actors that mm. went over there and you'd be given time I'd love an opportunity for for people to say, you're going to be doing this movie in a year's time. Start prepping now. I'd love that. What do you mean? Is it what you mean? The fear of the unknown because you don't know what's coming around the corner? No, having a, the, that the actual of challenge time, of time to to perfect sure. everything. You know, that when he played Lincoln, yeah. he had so much time. Yeah. I mean, he's only done how many movies, but he's got the time. And people, when you get to a certain level, I think at the minute it's like, take the job, prep, do. Take the job, prep, do. Get it done, get it done. Whereas I think if you had the money and the opportunity to be like, I'm going to choose a film that I'm going to do in 12 months' time, I'm going to start prep now, and it's going to be a gentle, metamorphic process, I would love that. But at the minute, we do the best with the time limit that we've got. So so in in an ideal world, someone said to you, you're going to play an Algerian mechanic. Yeah, you go to <laughs> that makes a stretch. <laughs> By the way, don't know that. It's fine. It's the mechanic. But I'm worried about. <laughs> I've no idea where that came from. But 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 the, that was a terrible example. But in theory, you'd have that year and you'd 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 yeah. put the work in. I love getting the opportunity with the Dark River and Run. 
It was that I was afforded the opportunity to go up, work on that farm for a month, live in the fish factory for a month, you know, get to know the mentality of the place. And you do start to change. It starts to rub off on you. you Gets in your DNA a bit. Yeah, you start to change a bit. Whereas you get offered something two weeks prior and you go, shit, I'm playing Quasimodo. (laughs) How am I supposed to get into that? You know, it's like fucking hell. Where's that football and some sour tape? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where's that half the Easter egg I didn't eat? Get that on my back. You know, it's it's fucking hard to do. Whereas I think I would love the opportunity for someone to say, look, you've got a year to prep for this. Sure. And you can start losing weight, gaining weight, actually changing your physical form and your mental form to to be like it. When you see Joaquin Phoenix in interviews, you know, he's put the chunk back on. He's back to being who he is. And you watch him in that and he's a different being. Sure. And I, like, how interesting when that, when is that? the camera's on his back... Yeah. You, can't, you almost can't believe it's him. Contortion in it. It's amazing, right, isn't it? Yeah. But you think like, how fucking great is that? Imagine being able to do that and have the time to do it. Doing it in a two-week period is fucking tough. It's fucking tough. You joker in two weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> get get used to that. Um have you done the US thing? No, I haven't. I've never I've been I've never been to LA. Is that an itch? It, it, yeah, I mean it's a strange one is LA these days, isn't it? It's sort of when people say, oh, I've been in LA for six months, I think, well, you're not shooting there because nothing's shot there. The Rock shoots there, but, you know... That is so true, isn't things it? Things have started moving. Yeah. I can't remember the cities now, but, you know, stuff's shot in all over the place. Vancouver. Vancouver, you know, Vancouver yeah. and all these studios that are popping up. So I think going over and waiting in line for pilot season at the minute, I feel like I've earned the right to kind of go over with projects and say, I've been working. Um, but then again, that's quite hard to do when you when you've got independent British cinema, um, especially with Run, where you have to subtitle it for them over there because it's that's right. Doric. So it was at Tribeca, Tribeca Film Festival, is this right? Yeah, we, we took it there. Yeah, and so they had to put the. I mean, I'll let you tell it because I, I read about it. and I thought, well, that yeah. is because Trainspotting had a, a, there was a, a worry there, wasn't there, with the accents when yeah. that was in America? So, so what happened there then with, with, with Run and the? We subtitled it. I mean, I think some people... It's one of those films that you lean into. Don't get me wrong, it probably is a stretch. You know, someone who's born in Brooklyn will go, where the hell's Fraserburgh? Sure. You know? Fraserburg. <laughs> um, but they... they. When we screen it in Glasgow, I'm looking forward to a Scottish audience seeing it because they'll know every nook and cranny of the voices that we're doing. Um, my mum and dad who's coming to see it in Glasgow might lean in a bit. But it's like Sweet 16, Ken Loach's, you know... Sure. I think they subtitled the first ten minutes of it, right? And then it faded off, and you were you were with it. Sure. I've got to see a Shakespeare. Taking the stabilizers off after ten minutes. You yeah, know? yeah. But you tune in, don't you? you? Tune in. Yeah. It's like my sister. You know, she always she used to like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I'm four years younger. I couldn't understand the fucking word. Sure. I had no idea. Yeah. And then she'd say, you know, but you 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 were tuned to it, you adapt to it, and so with Run, hopefully people will will adapt to it. But taking it over to America, I don't know. I don't think it lives there. I'm not sure. But then again, it's got the Americana feel. Roads in and out of town. You know, Bruce Springsteen. It's got this, weirdly, this small Scottish dilapidated town in the northeasternly part. Has got this universe. I think the more specific you get, the more universal you become. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean... Yeah, I think we are discussing a trip over there. I think it is time to get acquainted with the place. But equally, I'm proud of British work as well. You know? I, I, no, I, I love the Glaswegian accent. Um, maybe my favourite stand-up ever is, is Kevin Bridges. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. absolute hero to me. Um, how do you nail that accent? Because it's, it's the best, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a strong... We're in Doric, so it's, yes. it's like the remnant... I don't know whether it's the remnants of the Vikings. You know, there's, there's certain la- words... Who, where, and when is fit, far, and fine. So you say, where do you live? Far do you abide? And so I'd go up there, and I'd been working in this factory and recording people. And that's a different. That was a different thing altogether. You know, you turn up on the first day, and I looked through this little hole into the factory floor. These guys are these these guys are hard, man. You know, they're not they're guys and women. Don't get me wrong, but um, they're tough people. Um, the, and the novelty of being an actor wore off after about 20 minutes and then they just want to, you know, G up your cunt, make sure you can do the fucking work. 
I've got a little thing. You've been like, pressing the red button for five minutes. Uh, the accent. Oh yeah. Uh, so like, you wears know, off after twenty minutes. Being yeah, active. you're this fucking actor cunt who's come up here, cunt. You know, and you're getting you're getting abused in this factory, and you're going fucking hell. And these guys, you know, three o'clock. If you get your work done, you get to go home. Can this guy fill it? He's learning to. Well, get fucking get a move on. Yeah. Are we finished yet? Can you get a fucking move on? Yeah. Stop holding us up. The worst thing that I couldn't get my hands around was your hands are so cold. Yeah. They have, a, they have a bucket of ice water to warm them up in. And they laughed at me when I did it at first. I was like, fucking hell, I couldn't move my hands. I was in agony. I put my hands in this bucket of water and they all laughed at me. Because then your hands have got to refreeze. And so it's like, when that happens, you're in proper pain. And they're all laughing at me going, nobody uses the fucking bucket. You let them go numb and you leave them numb. That's what you do. Oh my God. So you've got this chainmail glove it's and you fill world, it in for monkfish. It? Yeah, and I met this guy called Gary up there. Funny man, funny guy. And he's, he's filleting next to me and he used to work out on the trawlers and uh, he invited me for dinner on a Friday night. <laughs> and he, he nicked a monkfish from the factory. And he said he was going to cook it for me at his house and he invited me around to his house. He never showed. I think he went and pinned up somewhere. But then <laughs> his wife went, his, I'm like, well, I shouldn't fucking mention that. But, um, he said, I was stood outside his house and I was like, hey, Gary, mate, are you, um, are you coming down? He's like, I can. I'm like, I'm on my way, can eh? So he said, Wendy, my queen's in there. Just help yourself, gun, gun in me. So I said, I was sat, stood outside and I was like, I'm not going to go into your house. Well, she's in the bath. You know, it's pitch black. This yeah, house. yeah. When she, his missus comes wobbling down the drive, big super king hanging out of my mouth. Hey, come inside, boys. Meet yourself at him. Uh, going inside, we had this 9% lager that Gary had sent me out for. Sat there, dog in a cage in the room. I was looking around and I was thinking to myself, God, I'm so middle class now. I've <laughs> <laughs> changed so much. I have changed so much. I mean, mate's house is like this growing up. I haven't been in one somewhere like this in a while. This is like a fucking museum piece. And I look, you know... And but that's was, beautiful, isn't it, that they've taken you to, oh, to mate, the heart? Oh, mate, hospitality like was amazing. Yeah, yeah. She wanted to cook us dinner and that. I was using it. My missus wouldn't mind, but I was using it. I don't think I should be here just with you and this Polish guy who doesn't speak a word of English in, in your living room. Don't feel quite right. Um... It was just funny, man. It was just funny. But I got got to know the locals and getting in there. And yeah, the accent. I mean, I love. I think Scotsmen, the Scottish people. They're the best. They never let you down for a laugh, man. That's right. You know, they're fantastic people. There's a driver up there called Jazz. And he, everyone's a con to him. You know, he got, he got sent out to the airport to pick up George Clooney. And they said to him, Jazz, whatever you do, don't talk to George Clooney. He's done it. Come off a long flight. He's got a big shoot ahead. Jazz picked him up in the uh, in the car and he looked at his review winner and he says, are you this George Clooney cunt and they're supposed to speak to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he loved him, so he employed him every time he saw him. Are you joking? Nah, I fucking loved him. Because it's, it's probably so rare for someone to speak to Clooney. Yeah, you're this Clooney. George Clooney cunt. Like that. To... <laughs> fucking hilarious. That's so good. Um, may, may, fan question, may I ask what, uh, what are the future projects? Um, at the minute, we've focused on, we've had quick succession of this Suffering White run come out on the 13th uh, and then we've got a nice two part another true story called Honour um, that I did with Keely Hawes about an honour killing Kurdish honour killing that happened in London in 2008 um, so that's to come out and then uh, we've we've allowed for a bit of an f- open plan really because it's about selecting projects now and finding work that you know that speaks to you and that you can do the best possible job at executing. So we want to take our time, hopefully get a project which comes our way, which is, um, you know, another stepping stone towards, you know, making this craft what we want it to be and and perfecting ourselves and trying to do the best we can. It's not really about fame and accolades for me. Like, I do, I I enjoy this bit, talking about it, but... Oh mate, I've, this has I been live a, on the set. It's been like having a chat with a mate. This, it's been, <laughs> it's been great. But I, I love being on set. I love doing. I love working. So find a job you like. Never work a day in your life. All that cliche mate, bollocks. But that is true. That is so true. It's true, man. It, were you a knight of Ren? Is that true? Do you know what? I got asked that on a phone conversation earlier on. I was. I've never seen the film. I don't. Even, he said I wasn't in it. But I said, I, did, I got offered this week's filming, came out of the blue. It was a straight offer. So I went, 
Do you know what they were filming on Star Wars? And it had come at a point where the day before I went to Pinewood to do Star Wars, I had a trial shift in the chip shop on the parade of shops near me, a trial shift for potato peeling. Stop it. And I was sat... Mate, was hang, on, hang on. Right, right, I mean, that's... <laughs> and I didn't get the fucking job. I was, <laughs> I was that shit at it. It was like, you're going to have to speed up. What, have you got anything on for the rest of the week? And I said, yeah, I've got a pine with tomorrow to film Star Wars. He said, fuck it off. I said, I am. And I went and um, they suited and booted me. They don't give you the script. I did a week's filming this battle sequence with Adam Driver. Uh, see you later. Ta-ra. It's quite a nice experience because it was the last days of filming that they were doing. So JJ Abrams did this massive firework display in Pinewood. It's fantastic. Um, but then I didn't go and see the film. I was busy. Is that not your bag then, the Star Wars stuff? I'd go and watch them. Um, but it's just one of them things. Like It's just one of them things. Uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, things like that. I've just like They've never really crossed my radar. All the comic book stuff? No. No. I've, I don't think I've been to see one of these... Marvel films. You get the early ones I did. Like what? Like the new, the really old X Men. Sure. The new. The, the, but what do you mean? Like um, all the new uh, revamps and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm more interested in Joker versions of these. I understand characters than these darker twists. Three hundred million dollar movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'm away on set somewhere and I've got a few hours off, I'll go watch one. But I haven't been to see one in a long time. Have the broccoli's been in touch? No. Good old Babs. No, I haven't heard from her. But I mean, that is that that must be on the radar. No, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, it's a strange one, is that, isn't it? The profile is such an important thing these days. And I'm not sure. Hopefully these things boost it because it allows for better work to come through. Um, I don't know where... I don't know. I really don't know. I, I mean... I, <laughs> who wouldn't pass up the opportunity but I'm really not sure there has been York, there have been Yorkshiremen in the past haven't they have they Connery. been Scotsman Connery I don't think any of them are Yorkshire are they no Mate, I don't know it's, it's people like Richard Madden and that aren't they they're getting sort of a bit of a look in off the back of bodyguard things like that I mean I'm guessing there are so many people that are bums on seats actors that they can consider before. Tell you what, mate, if I had a five, I'd pop to William Hill. <laughs> Your odds would be steep, I reckon. Uh, mate, I, as you can probably tell, this is uh, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much no, for being so you. lovely to meet you. Yeah, it's been lovely. Absolutely mate. great. That thank you, there. No, Top man, so lovely man. to meet you. And well, look, on a personal level, just huge well well done with everything. Thank you. And, thank uh, you. And the poster behind us, from what I mean, that's uh, I would implore everyone to to go see that movie, and then and then run is out the, the week after March thirteenth. Got March sixth for Sulfurum White, March thirteenth for Run, and then Honor is out. Don't know yet. Uh, looking at about an April release, I think it'll be a consecutive night. It's a two parter. It'll probably run on Sunday Monday night. Huge congrats! Thank you. Well done, man. It's all coming up, Stanley, isn't it? I hope so. <laughs> Top man, well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Huge thanks to Mark Stanley. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree, an incredibly likable uh, chap. Which I, I call me sentimental, call me romantic, but I do think it's nice when you're similar with Rosamund Pike. You know, it is nice when your actors are lovely and pleasant and relatable, isn't it? Sorry, I've turned this into a TED talk. Uh, huge thanks as always. We are across the socials at Balance LDN. I'm at James Gill Comedy. Uh, and we are back Friday with another episode. Huge and heartfelt, uh, huge and heartfelt thanks to Mark, who was so lovely. And thank you to uh, the people who made it happen as always. Very great, very, very grateful. Sulfur and White is out now at cinemas. It's a wonderful film. It will make you think, um, and it will stay with you as well, which is uh, always a sign of a good movie. Uh, huge thank you as always. I've been James Gill. God bless you. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.